How's it going, everyone? My name is David Baker. I am the host of the Make Wake podcast. And this podcast is all about creating a space for people to tell their stories of creating a positive wake with their life. That's influence. We're all doing it. Either that's with a job, with a hobby, with a dream, whatever it is. We want to hear the stories of people moving forward, not just impacting their lives, but impacting the people around them. That's who we are as a podcast. And I hope you subscribe. I hope you enjoy. And I hope you tell lots of people about this because with the way we live our lives, we can impact more than just ourselves. So welcome to the Make Wake Podcast. So good. I'm glad you are checking in again with the Make Way Podcast. If you are a regular listener, welcome. If you are brand new, I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome again. Before we get to today's episode with Jeremy McDonald, I've got a few sponsors for us uh, that just helped us make this podcast possible. So the first one is Lively Film Creations. If you're looking for a video done for your business, wedding, music video, any creative idea, Lively Film Creations is a professional production company based out of London. Ontario willing to travel that specializes in cinematic quality videos. They provide and deliver quality professional media. That's what they are all about. That's what they do for whatever your need is. They're your team. Be sure to contact them through Facebook, Instagram, or by email. All of that will be linked in the show notes. And if you want a discount code, guess what? You've got one right here. For 15% off, all you got to do is through the Make Wake podcast is message them through email, DM, whatever way you contact them just use the words make wake promo 15 and you will get a 15% discount on your next time you use them they are awesome that's lively film creations another sponsor for the podcast is SGCA they're also a great team to, for contacting for all your logo design signage vehicle wrapping lettering whatever it is use them because they've been helping entrepreneurs since 2005 SGCA is located in Clinton Ontario check out their latest work on Instagram trust me you do not want to miss when they post SGCA is such a great company awesome team there Pete and the team they're incredible make sure you follow them on Instagram at sign guys Canada all of their information to get contact with them is also in the show notes below. But now we've got Jeremy McDonald. Let's head to that conversation today. Well, today on the podcast, we've got Jeremy McDonald. Dude, how is it going, man? It's going really great. It is wonderful uh, and wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for saying yes to this. It's it's been a cool um, kind of journey. I've known you from uh, the past when you worked at Connexus Church in Barrie, and you're now out east, man. Like, why don't you just give us a breakdown of who you are, what you're about, what's going on in your life, and we can get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, sure thing. So my name is Jeremy McDonald, and uh, yeah, we knew each other. I worked at a church uh, in there in Ontario uh, called Connexus. I've been in vocational ministry for just over ten years, and about a year and a half ago, my family. Uh, we moved back to the East Coast. So I'm from New Brunswick, or from Nova Scotia originally, but I uh, grew up in New Brunswick, and so we're back um, in the hometown um, right by the <laughs> high school I went to high school with and at, and and it's been really great. So we're raising three kids. We've got a five-year-old, uh, two-and-a-half-year-old, and a one-year-old, 
and uh, now so you got a busy life. <laughs> yeah, the kids stuff is is certainly uh, it's certainly a season, and then uh, and then on the work side of things, I work for an organization called the Youth Worker Community, and so um, we are just all about trying to help the next generation know Jesus, and we do that through all sorts of great ministries across our country, Canada, and then a little bit beyond mm-hmm. as well, and uh, do that in lots of different ways. That's cool, man. That's that's amazing. I I for people that are listening right now, because we've I've got. Uh, a little bit of an audience that might be identify as Christians. They, yep, I'm a Jesus follower. They understand maybe the little lingos of what we're going to say maybe today. And then we've also got people that are tuning in that maybe are unchurched or maybe checking in or kind of intrigued. I've got friends and people are in, in our in my life and in my circle that listen to this podcast mainly maybe maybe for support, but also love to hear these conversations with people across Canada and the world that we're having conversations with. Um, so yeah, just to let everyone know right now, this might be a little bit more of a, uh, of a podcast geared towards um, the Christian faith and living that out because Jeremy is such an incredible leader when it comes to that. And he's kind of said that he, he works for um, youth worker community. Um, but it's also about really reaching the next generation of people. And Jeremy, why don't you kind of tell us, cause like you said, you were with Conexus and now you're back out East, you're back home with family and stuff. What was the transition? Like how did, how did youth worker come about? What was that all? How'd that work out? Yeah, yeah. So uh, just on the personal front, uh, the move back east for us was to be a little closer to family. And so I've got some family that just have some health challenges that uh, were getting difficult to be helpful uh, for uh, from being far away. So so being in the same city has been really great uh, just to be practically helpful in that regard. And we felt like that was like an actual, like a pretty important calling for us. And so um, Hmm. lots of people, you know, you look out for your folks and for your parents uh, and we just think that that's a worthwhile thing. It's actually something that God might actually call mm. people to. So um, that was that. And then um, as we were coming, not necessarily knowing what we'd jump into, I had lots of connections out here. I wasn't super concerned, but uh, a buddy of mine, um, Sid Coop, was uh, has been doing um, this this youth worker stuff for a very long time and had some new dreams and visions. And he and I had done some projects together. And so he said, why don't we uh, work together on some stuff? And so I joined in on his team. It's a small group. It's a small team and a very small nonprofit and we get a chance to uh try and make a big impact and and so yeah so that's been good it's been different like it's a completely Mm -hmm. different thing so for anybody that doesn't realize vocational ministry if you're um pastoring it's uh it's in some ways an event driven uh job like every seven days you have a big event and uh you get everybody together and it's a you know there's a lot that goes into it and so uh stepping away from that uh, has just been a completely different pace and uh, and a different structure to the week and, and the things that we do. Um, but we've certainly enjoyed mm-hmm. getting a chance to make an impact in a different kind of way um, in, with our with our organization. Quick question there with the whole um, usually planning for seven-day event. What have you noticed with this transition of going to more of a, a ministry-based organization that is about attracting youth? What have you noticed about yourself or the interesting things that are different from planning every seven days? Yeah, I think uh, it has reminded me of the value of those seven days. So so one of the things wow. about you know being in the, in the trenches of actually planning it is – you know, your your a lot of your week is is taken up in that that one event. So by the time you get to the one event, you know you've thought about it, you've planned for it, you've prepared for it, all that kind of stuff. On this side of things, and especially with you know three young kids, 
um, the rhythm of finding a place where, you know, you know, community mm. is present, you know, people are going to care for you, you know, that <laughs> there's going to be some teaching that might convict you and that yeah. might move you in a different direction. Like, that's just so valuable, actually. And, yeah. uh, and where it isn't as available or readily available in the in this COVID, this COVID season, um, we've really missed that for for our family and for our kids. Um, but being in this r different kind of role, I've just gotten more excited about what happens. Uh, typically on Sunday mornings, but lots of churches do it at different times. But but through the local church and through um, this weekly event that we might call a Sunday service, or that Kanye West calls a Sunday service. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so you just you did something really good there. So you are a youth guy, and you just brought in pop culture right in. You connected really <laughs> sure. well with that with the Kanye West Sunday service, and I love that. That's so funny, man. Yeah. But yeah, this this conversation and why I wanted to chat with you is because of the next generation of youth. Um, there is so much going on in our world, in our culture, and um, in our Canadian culture that's shaping um, youth massively in so many different ways. You're seeing so many things happen at a younger age, and you're seeing things progressively move faster at a younger age. And what makes you passionate about youth? What is something that is just like you cannot stop thinking about reaching youth and, and impacting them because this podcast is all about influence right so you're influencing incredible amount of people through your heart of generosity to the youth yeah you know i think everybody uh like if you're listening and, and you're older than 20 like you you had obviously a season in your life that you were a teenager mm -hmm. and then you know if you look back you have certain memories it might be fond memories it might be terrible memories but um, usually what happens in adolescence is some pretty formative experiences uh, mm -hmm. for better or for worse. And, and I think what we are recognizing even as a culture is that if we're going to take seriously some of the big problems that we're facing in our, in our world today and in our culture, when it comes to, um, you know, justice issues or inequality issues, um, so much of those kinds of things are worth dealing with, or at least trying to help and sort out. Mm -hmm. uh, at the adolescent age or even even younger than that and so anybody that works with you know children and youth i think the great news is that um as difficult as it can be there's a ton of hope that comes from trying to help solve some problems uh mm -hmm. for for folks at that age onwards and it, and it has an impact well beyond the moment because if you change somebody's adolescent years for the better then you affect the rest of their lives and mm. then all of the people that they could affect as well and so um you know there's just great opportunities my like pivotal moment uh, you know to paint a, a, a vivid picture of it is um, when i was in grade 12 uh, i was kind of sensing what you know in the christian circles we would call like a call to ministry um, <laughs> this idea that i would actually get to do vocational ministry that i would become a pastor um, so that was kind of in the back burner of my mind and, and i was on a with my friends and with my youth group we did a missions trip to cambodia of all places so from oh, wow. new brunswick uh, to southeast asia uh and and you know we're in the Kampong Cham province of Cambodia and like in kind of outside of the main cities and uh, and just interacting with other teenagers. And, and one of the nights that we gathered together just with our team, our team leader, our youth pastor was talking about like, hey, what's happening in your heart? Well, how are how mm. is this experiencing changing you to be outside of your own culture, your own experience, your own home and safety? and experience life in a different place. And so, I, you know, I listened to all my friends, like my friends that I knew and loved and, and hung out with, and they talked about things like, well, I, I can't wait to become a pharmacist because when I become a pharmacist, I'll have the skills mm -hmm. needed to bring 
um, medicine to people mm -hmm. that desperately need just even simple medicines. And, you know, somebody else had said like, oh, I'm, I can't wait to be a nurse. And, and when I'm a nurse, like I want to be able to bring help and healing to folks that can't offer it for themselves. And, uh, and you know, around the room, somebody, you know, I can't wait to be a business person so I can fund the things that are going to make our world a better place for others. And so as I heard all those things, I thought, my gosh, I can't wait to be a youth pastor so that I can make mm -hmm. sure that there's a generation of teenagers that see the world in a different light and live beyond themselves and their own personal pleasure so that they can make a difference around them. Because what my friends are experiencing right now, I want for hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of other teenagers um, mm -hmm. going forward. So that's been kind of like the like long story journey of where I've been yeah. and, and the passion that it comes with it. Yeah, I was, I was literally going to ask you, I was thinking today about this, like usually when you're passionate about something, you experience something. Yeah. Um, and I love that story of hearing your friends. And I, I had the similar kind of experience growing up in youth group and stuff like that and Christian circles. And, and it was so interesting to see. Um, and I, I understand we have all different giftings. We all have different talents. Um, but it was so fascinating when I got to that end of high school age, um, when you're making massive decisions, um, to see and hear so many kids and so many teenagers want to do something outside of the church world who were Christians, right? They were like, yep, I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus follower. I do believe what he's done for me. He died for my sins and I want to follow him until the day I die. And, um, it was so interesting to hear the, the fact that there were so many people that wanted to have other jobs. And I love, and, and I understand there's got to be jobs in other areas that people go to, but hearing someone like yourself say, hey, like, I'm actually a teenager right now, and I'm already passionate about the people that are younger than me, that are actually probably being born at this moment while I'm in Cambodia. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I just think that's so great to hear the passion um, about this. And so... I guess where I want to ask you is when it comes to having youth in your circle, whether it's a church, whether it's a family, whether it's a, a nonprofit organization, whatever it is, if you as a, as a leader, if you had a chance to talk to a bunch of kids um, about the impact that they could have, what would you chat to them about? About the impact that they could have personally, like yeah, personally, around. like like what would you chat with them about? Like if you could just talk about anything. Yeah, you, you know it's interesting. I think uh, a lot of times, you know, younger generations are inspired by the possibilities of impact, and so the opportunity of making a difference in the world. I had, I had a small group leader actually when I was in high school, uh, and a leader on that Cambodia trip, um, who uh, he used to tell this story of his uh, his wife would ask him like, why do you spend so much time with these grade mm. eleven twelve guys? Like, they're stinky, they're you know they're <laughs> crass, they're whatever. Like it's it's a lot of time that you put into them. And here's this business guy, like this you know well to do business guy that had a lot of other options and that he could be doing his time. He said, I love spending time with teenagers because they still believe they can change the world. And I think for a lot of folks, you know, the, the crushing realities of life sometimes eke out our optimism and eke out our, um, our creativity about, you know, what we mm. can do and, and the way that we could have an impact. But at, at, at the teenager level, when you're a teen, I think you're more apt to be open to that creativity and more apt to be optimistic. Mm. So when I, when I get a chance to talk, you know, with teenagers, 
uh, one of the things I think, and this is coming from obviously a Christian perspective. I'm a yeah. Jesus follower. We reference that, but I think the gospel message when somebody chooses to give their life to Christ, to Jesus, mm. this Jesus who lived two thousand years ago and was died and resurrected and and now lives to this day mm-hmm. like man that actually has a dramatic impact that if more teenagers uh get inspired by the person of jesus and give their life to him like their schools could be dramatically different mm. um our our culture and our cities could be dramatically different the the stats on all of the bad things and injustice in our world could be dramatically different if there's a generation that rises up and says oh we actually want to live out our lives the way that Jesus has called us to. And mm-hmm. we know just from stats, like from the, from the honest statistics about how life goes and like the ups mm-hmm. and downs of things that when people make that kind of decision, all of the right metrics start going in, in, in the good mm-hmm. direction. Um, and so I just get excited when we could see that kind of dramatic impact in our communities through, through the gospel. Do you think, do you think it is important to help, the next generation um, understand the urgency of the gospel. There's so many things that are going on right now that um, there's a sense of urgency of um, staying safe or making sure you have your, your life all figured out to where you want to live and where you want to raise a family and where you want to work. There's an urgency that culture says like you have to have things in order and ready to rock and roll in life. How do we as people that see the value in next generation, let them understand, hey, the gospel is also a very urgent thing for this world to know. Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the the hacks to that conversation is helping the people connect the dots between what the gospel actually is and means and the way that it shapes our lives mm-hmm. and the way that, um, you know, even our current cultural conversation is is aching for somebody to bring truth to to, to a situation. Yeah. So, for example, um, like obviously, uh, you know, the rise of the Me Too movement and this conversation about um, the awful oppression of of women and the, and the sexual mm-hmm. exploitation of women, like it's it is crazy how rampant that yeah. has been culturally. But you look to high schools and you realize, man, it is like no joke and no surprise for a grade 12 girl to think like, oh yeah, that's that's what life is like after high school because life as a grade 12 girl in high school right now is filled with all sorts of the same type of exploitation. Yeah. The request for images, the request for sex, the, uh, the mm-hmm. request for, and not request as if it's like a question or an ask, it's like more of the demand yeah. and, and the blackmail and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff is happening inside of the life of uh, high school students and in, inside of schools. And so then you think about, okay, well, what is the gospel? Well, well, Jesus was the most progressive, mm. you know, w- women's rights uh, person in history and has done more for women um, than honestly anybody else you could find. And so if you realize that the justice that Christ calls us to is mm. meant to play out so that there is... Um, there is equality and that there is safety and that there is the ability for somebody to show up at school and and not be worried that they're going to be abused or, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trafficked even if, if you go and use a strong word like that. So, so because of that, what if we actually called students to this self-sacrificial kind of life that Jesus actually wants for us, Hmm. that it would make a dramatic impact in their world, but it would start in their own world. So rather than necessarily convincing them they need to change the entire world and Mm -hmm. all of the issues that are out there, what if you could change your high school and what would that mean and what could that look like? And what would that mean to actually respect 
women and teach guys in particular that they could be respectful of mm -hmm. the, their peers. Um, and, and so that's, that's where I go when I start to think about like what, what's possible and what, you know, yeah. is inspiring about the gospel, even though there is a cost associated with it, obviously, but it has <laughs> a direct connection to, um, some of the challenges that at least we're hearing about and that people are talking about mm -hmm. and wanting to deal with, but not necessarily understanding how to actually get at the root issue. And for those of us that, again, call Christ our King, we recognize the root issue in all of these things is actually sin. Mm -hmm. And so it's no surprise to us that the sin would turn into sinfulness and a sinful society and all sorts of terrible ramifications. Mm -hmm. um, the challenge for us is just to help understand how to communicate a way forward and to find salvation and uh, freedom from our sin mm -hmm. so that our culture can actually be healed. Um, but I think that's what we're called to. So I'm yeah. for the journey as hard as it is. So how is, how is, uh, how is youth worker community helping the next generation with this kind of stuff to understand it. Are there avenues that you guys are doing? Cause I checked out your website. There seems to be a lot of good stuff going on with you guys. Yeah. So, so interesting for us. And, and again, just if people don't realize the, this culture of ministry to teenagers and adolescents, the next generation, um, we, we've learned from our research, like actual real research mm -hmm. uh, in our country of Canada and, and reading some of the reports from, from abroad, that one of the best ways you can actually help a teenager uh, in any area of their life is to, to provide some type of mentorship to mm -hmm. offer them, uh, you know, this other person living life authentically and allowing that life lived authentically to be an instrument for um, ministry and, and helping to point somebody point somebody forward. So, so what we try to do is um, in the same way as you might expect, if again, if you're coming from outside the church, like a big brothers, big sisters type of thing. Yeah, that's a great to, example. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to say that's the ticket. So can we, as Christians in particular, find all the places that Christians gather, whether it be, uh, you know, Youth for Christ or Young Life or in our varsity clubs or in the churches, youth mm -hmm. pastors, all that kind of stuff. And instead of just trying to tell teenagers the truth, that we can show them it lived out in, in the context of relationship. So as youth worker community, we're trying to put, connect all of these different ministries with this, like, I think the best way to do ministry, which is, a particular, you know, adults, number of adults investing into a particular number of teenagers mm -hmm. for the sake of helping them grow into um, their mm -hmm. faith and grow into, you know, adulthood. And so that's what we do. And then we just do it through a bunch of random means. So we do, you know, a podcast, we do, mm -hmm. you know, education at the bachelor's and master's level, and we do professional coaching and we do conferences and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But all to inf reinforce the fact that when a volunteer, and it's a volunteer, it's not a paid thing. <laughs> when a volunteer says, I want to invest in the next generation, can we give them the tools that they need so that they can do that really well? What are you guys noticing with um, people that are ready to invest in the next generation, like the mentorship? What are you guys noticing the benefits? Like, obviously, there's so many benefits to it, but what's something right now with, and, and, and here's, here's where I come from this question, because there's so much shaping the next generation. I've said that earlier in the podcast. You've got TikTok, Instagram. Omegle or whatever it's called now, FaceTiming on, on the internet randomly with people. And you've got so many things coming at youth. What are you noticing the importance of mentorship? Because mentors have been around for a long time. Like that, that, that thread in that style of leadership and investing in people has been around for, I had mentors when I was growing up. What are you noticing right now that mentors need to be focusing on in this time with youth? Yeah, honestly, I think it's, uh, 
I think it's that we need more. So like there's more teenagers than there are mm -hmm. mentors for sure. Uh, and then the other thing is just to clarify that what that mentorship role is like, it is actually pretty, it needs to be specific. It needs to be uh, formalized in some way um, mm -hmm. so that there's safety for the teenager to recognize like, oh, this is the person that I can talk to. They're going to be here in six months. It's, it's, it's great to do informal things, but, um, mm -hmm. but specific things are usually better. So, so, so we like that for, for mentors. And so we try to structure it in a way that isn't, um, that, that is scalable. So if you're like, Hey, I'm an adult and I want to invest in the next generation. It's not like you roam the streets looking for a teenager and say, Hey, can I mentor you? Um, like at that point you get arrested. <laughs> so, so instead we try to structure, you know, ministries and, and churches mm -hmm. around, um, this type of mentorship as the core part of what they do programmatically, mm -hmm. um, so that it's easy to make that connection. And then for the mentors, for them just to realize, Oh, what you're, what you need to know isn't necessarily all the new hip and cool things. What you need to know is yeah. <laughs> the teenagers that are in front of you. Like you become a student of them to understand who they are and how God's mm -hmm. wired them. And then you have to have, um, again, from our faith perspective, you have to have a strong faith and belief that, you know, as you live your life following Christ, that that's the most worthwhile thing a person could do. And if you live your life authentically following mm -hmm. him, then you will be able to direct and help point the uh, the students that you've got around you uh, in that same way. Hmm. I like I like how you said mentorship needs to have structure. Yeah, and it needs to have structure. I think that is um, <laughs> there's so many other things in this world right now that are spontaneous and. Um, People like I heard uh, John Mark Comer say, "There's so many spiritual practices now, but spiritual is such a a buzzword because spiritual means everything, but also means nothing." Um, and and right now I'm watching the next generation from kind of from afar a little bit. I've got a few guys in my life that I invest in, and um, and I find so much joy just talking to them and letting them lead, and then letting them question, and then letting them dream. Um, I find it that when I do believe that there's a point for me to actually ask structured questions, it helps them to understand that it's okay to have structure. You don't have to chase the next fix. You don't have to chase structure actually helps them really. And I, and I say to the guys that I talk to, like, you don't have to answer right away. Like you don't, you don't have to have the right answers too. This is the whole point of doing life is to, explore but also grow in it um and hopefully you're growing your root system of your faith in the relationship with jesus at that point um but i just i love that structure like can you open up more of that like what it means to because we got guys in our church that have been reaching out to me and saying hey we want to lead a young adults group um we're really feeling called that the spirit of god is saying hey we would love to lead five to six dudes um that are now young professionals um, but we want to help them in life and guide them in life. Can you open up that structure part? Like, yeah, I, th I think, uh, I think I just appreciate, I, I overemphasize this personally. And so I, I need people in my life that balance out on the other side, but mm -hmm. precision, precision in your language, preci precision in what you're uh, trying to accomplish, you know, your outcomes, your goals, mm -hmm. the direction, clarity, all that kind of stuff. That is, if it's missing, the unfortunate thing is that, you can put a lot of energy into something and, and end up not going anywhere. And hmm. so what we try to do, and what I say, we, what, what, what I like to see, I guess, happen is that in where, where you want to see growth take place in any kind of relationship or habit or product, mm -hmm. like anything at all, 
you know, being precise in what you want to see happen and, and tracking along the way is going to be your friend because it actually gives you the tools to say, oh, yeah, I did the thing that I wanted to do. You know, mm -hmm. so so I like I'm I'm doing a little bit of running and uh, and running's hard and I don't like it all the time and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things about running, it's like, man, when I track my run, I get mm -hmm. the distance and I get the time, which gives me a little bit of my pace tracking. And so if I want to push myself, it's pretty clear what I need to do to push myself. I need to either run longer or I need mm -hmm. to run faster. And so at least for me, there's lots of days when I just want to go for a run and I just go for a run to enjoy the outside. And like, that's awesome. You probably need those things. <laughs> but if you're trying to accomplish something, some days you really do need to look at the numbers and say, are we doing what we really wanted to do? Are we setting mm -hmm. out and accomplishing something? And I think mentorship and, and, uh, and you know, faith, your faith are very similar in, in, in those kinds of ways. Even like your important relationships, like marriage is, is, is worthwhile being a little bit more precise sometimes to say like, man, what are, what is the direction that we want to go? What can I paint a picture of a preferred future? Mm. Like what, would I like us to be better at in two years time than we are right now? Like, is it possible that I could actually enjoy my family more, um, mm. in five years than I do today? And, and I would love to say with my optimistic nature, like, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you're going to need to think strategically about how to get there and what steps are you taking? Cause we don't just naturally drift into excellence. Um, mm -hmm. we usually drift into, isolation and uh scrolling doom scrolling on social and like that's where we drift right into <laughs> mm -hmm. potato chips and big macs um so it takes intentionality to actually make progress so that on the context of relationships and mentorship means uh what are the outcomes of this group so you got a few guys who are like hey we want to hang out and we want to talk mm -hmm. about things and do life together it's like okay what does that actually mean yeah well, like we want to grow in our faith okay what does that actually mean like what part of your faith do you want to experience growth in? are you are you mm -hmm. frustrated that you're not in the scriptures enough are you frustrated that you don't feel god moving in your life enough mm -hmm. are you frustrated that you don't see fruit of your spiritual journey in the people around you and so now you're starting to tease out like i wonder if this group could be about experiencing like miracles that god wants to do in and through us and the people around us. So then you're like, okay, so this is like a miracle small hmm. group. So now when you get together, you're praying for like wisdom to know where ah. does God want to do a miracle? And then you're actually uh, saying to the guys, okay, you're praying for a miracle for your neighbor. So now you actually have to take the step and go talk to your neighbor. And then when you come back next week, we're going to talk about it. Well, all of a sudden faith has lived out in such a tangible way because you can't get around the fact that you have to go talk to your neighbor about something. Yeah. So that's where it's like, it's worth getting precise in my mm -hmm. mind about some of these things. Man, <laughs> my jaw could hit the floor with that. I think, I think listening to that and hearing that is um, quite powerful because when you step into the moment and define what your mentorship may be with this group of people or an individual, you're actually stepping into the presence of what the spirit of God wants to do with this relationship. Um, and, and, and I love how you said actually earlier that you're actually directing the potential of a life or you said something like that earlier where in a mentorship role or an investing role of a friend um, you have the potential to change the direction of a life that is full of fruit hopefully miracles um, generosity um, help us understand the, the potential of investing in someone like that yeah so you know, one of the things, this is like mentorship 2.0 or like if, you know, you're volunteering in youth ministry, mm -hmm. we might call you a small group leader or youth leader. Mm -hmm. So it's like this 2.0 skill that it's, 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 uh, it's clear to talk about, but it's hard to actually implement in your, mm -hmm. in, in your, in your relationship. So we, you know, we might say something like, um, 
you know, what's the next step spiritually for the person that you're working with and for all the people that you're working with. So mm -hmm. if you've got six people on your roster that you're investing into, what's their next step spiritually? It's the same thing if you have a direct report. Like if you are working at a job <laughs> and somebody's reporting to you, one of the things you should do as a leader is to think not only are they showing up to work on time and, or sorry, let me just say what I need to say first, but that with your direct reports, you would have, what's the next step if they were to grow a little bit and become mm -hmm. more of who they should be or more of who God's made them to be or more of, you know, be all they can be, depending on if you need spiritual language for it or not. Um, what's the next step for them? Well, then you as the leader, as the boss, one of the great gifts is that you could help that person take that step. And mm. so that's what great managers do. That's what great leaders do. That's what great mentors do. Now, the discernment process of like, okay, what is the next step for um, David, who's, you know, in my group and like, man, he's a cool dude. And I'm trying to figure it out, like, maybe part of the figuring out the next step is you should talk to him about it. Mm. Um, maybe some of it is if you're a Christian, you should pray about it and ask the spirit to open up, like, what is the next thing that the spirit's calling this person to? Um, and then your role is to speak life and identity into that person and help them into whatever mm -hmm. that next thing is. And sometimes it might be like, so it's, it, that sounds like nice because it's big flowery language. <laughs> yeah. but sometimes it's like super practical, like, oh man, what we really need is for David to make it through a small group time without farting and everybody, you know, being able to laugh. And so like, that's his next step spiritually is to take this yeah. enough that he doesn't fart. And so like, maybe you start praying that God would bind, bind up his bowels and like, that's going to be the thing. I don't know. <laughs> But but maybe for some students, like, mm. you need to take a step of baptism. Maybe for somebody, it's like you need to pray for the first time. Maybe for somebody, it's like you need to share your faith or you need to talk about faith. You know, you're a, a boss and you've got employees. Like, for somebody, maybe it's for them to have the confidence to actually lead the meeting or for them to have the confidence to yeah. make that call or whatever it might be. But that's the whole developmental mindset that you're trying to be in. Mm -hmm. How can I help the people around me continue to become the people that God is calling them to be? And how do I get to play my role in that? Wow. It's it, it, like, so something comes to my mind when you said that, how do you help them become the people they need to be and how God wants them to be this? You do you movement um, is just so damaging. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was watching a hockey game the other day and it was the Arizona coyotes and I have the NHL package. So I'm watching tons of hockey right now in quarantine and lockdown and stuff like that. And, the one you they get to choose their advertisements right yeah and there's this massive banner in the seats because there's no fans and it says you do you <laughs> yeah and i was that? like is that, is that nike now or somebody who is who's do i don't know who it is man but i could not believe the fact that we're even just promoting the fact that you need to do you you need to find self you need to find your best don't worry about anyone else and it's such a false, false teaching of um, you do you because truly it's not what you do, you do you. It's, it's what God wants for you. Um, and I think right now, and this is why I go back to there's so much going on within youth culture that they're being formed by so many things. And I just, I just pray. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, so here's what I think is there's the incongruence and in that people feel this really strong dissonance around why that has become a, a cultural mm -hmm. mantra is that if you live uh, your life in such a way that you have an ideal of what you're supposed to be and it's like, man, I need to become Justin Bieber or I need to become, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an NFL player, an NBA, NHL player, whatever it might be. Yeah. This ideal that you start to shape in your mind and 
and like this goes into all like any different realms of what's influencing mm -hmm. you like whatever wherever your influences are you form this this ideal that's even that's not even actually like a real human being right like it's a mm. farce because it's so uh idealistic and then you realize as a teenager uh i can never live up to that or you realize as an adult maybe you know as a 20 year old you're like oh i can't be you know out on the yacht and have all the money and yeah all, like that's not it's too idealistic and so when you're faced with that dissonance about that mm. idealistic picture then it's a safe mantra to say you do you because now it's like okay now what i need to find is what's already inside of me that i just mm. need to rest in and be happy with and so instead of being you know uh this this awful um I identity that i'll never be able to achieve yeah I'm trying to determine what's inside of me already because that's going to be easy. Well, the issue with that is that we all realize our own personal identities that we just are holding on to in this moment. We don't want like there's so yeah. much about ourselves that as much as we try to just do you and just be happy with who you are, we recognizing there's all sorts of things about me that I want to change. And like, yeah. sure, maybe some of that's not correct. And some of that needs to be like in the context of community, somebody needs to call out what's wrong about, you, you know, being down on myself. But there's other parts where I'm like, oh, no, it, part of why I know that my where I'm at isn't where I should be is because it's not where I should be. Like I should actually yeah. become a better dad. I should actually become a better husband. That's not a bad mm -hmm. thing to think about. So, so now we're trying to wrestle with through with this, like, okay, we're not chasing the ideal because that's mm -hmm. like an oppressive uh, narrative to put on our lives, but we're also not just going to rest in our own personal squalor and filth because that's not helpful either. What's the way out of this? And that's where, at least as Christians, we might say the gospel is this perfect invitation to mm -hmm. a life that you can never achieve on your own. And yet through the power of Christ, that you could actually experience the freedom of your own appetites, the freedom mm -hmm. of the own things that you get caught up in and are enslaved to, and instead can be free of all those things and live a life that is, is perfectly designed for you. So, so mm -hmm. that's kind of like this wonky thing where, yeah, culturally you're like, how do you deal with that? But it's funny <laughs> seeing the messages out there. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's a great way to look at it. And I think that like speaks really to the importance of mentorship and having people that are investing in younger people to show them the realness behind it all as well. Right? Like, I've got people in my life, like, man, like, I used to live like that. You do you and, and, and I try to achieve that. And, and I found it, it just left me empty and dry and, and hungry. But I could, I was just trying to find what was best for me, right? And uh, I think that's pretty encouraging to hear that mentorship actually can help people understand that it's more than just you. It's what God wants for you and what he can bring out of you. And that's just great. I, I, I'm transition right now and to kind of like a, uh, a topic of what we're going through right now. And um, usually you, you opened up our conversation off a lot with uh, that you were on a missions trip with a youth group. And um, that's not really happening right now in the world that we're living in this coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic across this world. And, um, it's affecting people massively and in our world massively. Um, I did some research on what's going on with the uh, youth worker community and you guys are actually partnering with compassion. Yeah. Um, and it's the hashtag I identify with poverty. Yeah. yeah. Identify with Can poverty you... challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so compassion is just this great organization that, uh, mm -hmm. is, is aiming to actually end poverty and, uh, and, and bring kids out of poverty, but through the name of Jesus. And so it's, it's a Christian organization works through local churches around the world. Mm -hmm. 
And so we've, uh, the, it's this child sponsorship style program. So, so we, as our family have, uh, a particular family, a kid that we sponsor that we fund so that this kid can get, get access to education and, you know, his family get access to some, uh, food and, and things that they need necessities. And so, um, that's compassion. Now, what they recognized is that in light of the fact that we can't take kids out of their comfort zone because they're not allowed to leave their comfort zone, like they're not allowed to leave their house, uh, is, is what can you do to create a global mindset inside of a teenager's life? And so this Identify with Poverty Challenge uh, is a really great idea for six weeks to take uh, each week a different challenge that forces you to think outside of your own context. And so one yeah. of the examples is like you don't sleep in your bed, you sleep on the floor. Uh, you know, you have limited access to water for a week and, and, and limited access to electricity. These are the kinds of things that most people experience. And when you travel ar around the world, you understand like, oh, mm -hmm. most people don't have, you know, clean water at the at their tap like we do. So the minute that you realize that it mm -hmm. hopefully will start to adjust in, uh, your appreciation level for what you actually have. This is yeah. my story from a number of years ago when I did do a traveling and, and kind of caught that. And so now I pray before my meals, um, not for God to, to bless the, the Big Mac and turn it into broccoli, uh, but for instead to thank God that I have clean water uh, at every single mm -hmm. one of my meals. And so, and that's just become a rhythm for us. So identify with poverty challenge is something you can do with teenagers. You can do it on your own. Um, right off of our main site, youthworker.community, you can find the link right to it. Um, but again, the idea is to make yourself uncomfortable to understand how privileged mm. we really are and let that start to change how you view the world around you and the people around you. I think that's so good to, to help youth understand what's going on around them. What they have is quite beautiful and quite amazing. And to help them understand it's not just you and your little bubble. It's not, this world doesn't revolve around you. Um, and there's a lot of other people that are less fortunate. So I, I love that. When I saw that on the website, I was like, man, that is such an incredible way to get youth into uh, steps of action and steps of moving forward to think about how can I impact or how can I be a part of something that's a lot bigger than just me? Um, how can I help this world? Like you say, we don't have to change the world all at once right now, but it's got to be, it's got to start with the passion has got to be inside. So I, I, to experience something like that, I've been on missions trips. Um, I've been, and it's unfortunate that we can't travel right now and do those things because it becomes so real. Um, but it also can become so real with this uh, challenge that you guys and Compassion are doing. I love that. Last thing I want to chat with you before we wrap up, and it's along the lines of the mentorship stuff. Again, um, you guys also say on your website um, that youth ministry is demanding, but you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the beautiful part about having other mentors be in a community with other mentors or living with people and understanding what it means to pour into these youth? Yeah, you know, I think in the same way that we want teenagers to not have to go it alone, like even mm -hmm. us as adults, we shouldn't have to go it alone. And so um, I've been really fortunate that I've been surrounded by some of the peers that I grew up with that continue to this day to yeah. be people that I can ask questions of and can talk to. Um, but beyond my peers, uh, that again, to this day, there's people in my life that are my elder that have more mm -hmm. life experience and wisdom than I do um, that I can go to and ask questions to. And, and I think what that does is it reminds me of what we're trying to offer to teenagers is something mm -hmm. I still need to receive myself um, because I miss the boat and miss the mark and I can't see straight some days. 
Um, and so, so that's really key. But then on top of that, to get, um, you know, mentors to be able to have community with one another, you just realize that, Hey, the shared wins sometimes are what you need to keep going and uh. the shared experiences and the shared hurts are sometimes what you need to realize you're not, not alone. And this is a normal part of it. So the upside to when we gather, you know, whether it's online or in person, larger mm -hmm. groups of, of youth workers in particular is that they get to share some of the stories and, and you know, the one win that you might get a year in your role as a mentor, you know, if you can combine that with the one win that, you know, the, these other 12 people are getting, at least everybody has something to celebrate once a month. So, so now you have got something that can keep you going and it may not be your month to get a win story, but at mm -hmm. least you know that that's still coming, that that's a part of the journey as well. And then when you have a struggle, you realize that, man, this is not that you're a bad mentor that you're the, <laughs> the wrong person for the role but sometimes it's just that mm -hmm. when you show up all the grade six guys want to do is just wrestle and fart on each other and that's just what happens <laughs> and so you have to navigate it because of covid and covid can spread through your farts or whatever i don't know but you have to sort out the fact that this isn't always going to be like come mm -hmm. to jesus moments and everybody's celebrating good things sometimes it's just hard work and sometimes it's just yeah. tough conversations and sometimes it's kids telling you off and sometimes it's kids apologizing for telling you off even though mm. that was five years ago and it took them five years to build up the courage to say it <laughs> that's amazing i love it jeremy thanks so much for coming on the podcast really enjoy your leadership and your insight and wisdom around um, how we can love care and invest in these um, next generation that are that are being raised raised up right now and also being led right now so thanks so much dude that was great thanks david have a good one well, such a great conversation today with Jeremy McDonald. If you want to get connected with him, check him out on Instagram. Look at all of the work that they are doing as a, as a community, as a place for resource and man, oh man, they are such a great team. Uh, I really hope that you take advantage of Jeremy and his team's knowledge of how to raise up youth, how to lead, how to impact, how to care, how to invest in this area of uh, young people's lives right now because right now they are the future and right now they want to be led, they want to be nurtured, they want to be cared for. So why don't we invest in them well just like Jeremy does. So I hope this conversation has really blessed you. I just want to say and remind you this podcast is all about celebrating people and all also hearing their stories of people creating wakes that are leaving positivity of influence of uh, of character growing all of that stuff and and we just we just hope that you will be inspired by these conversations that these conversations will be ones that inspire you to move and act in these moments that we call life right now. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but I believe that you should be living to your full potential and growing in a way that's raising people up around you, that you are using your gifts and your talents, where you will be able to impact people around you and that you'll be able to leave a positive wake when you leave the room and that you'll be remembered. And people will say, man, oh man, I'm so glad they're part of my life because they care for me, they raise me up and they encourage me to grow as well. And hey, if you're one of those people that haven't subscribed yet, we would love for you to subscribe. Make sure you share today's conversation, maybe with a young adult or a leader in your church or your organization or maybe a friend and just share, subscribe. And thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. Have a good one and peace out. <music>